Hi, hello, mamacitas. Welcome back to a brand new episode of Then It Tells All. I know I'm talking in a quieter voice than I normally do. That's because I have a house full of sleeping teenagers right now. My son had a sleepover last night and they're all sleeping like a room over and the walls in my house are super, super thin. So I know that if I, you know, talk in a normal voice, they'll hear me and I don't want to wake anyone up. Before we continue with today's episode, I want us all to take a moment and just reflect and think of someone who we are thankful for. Someone who is always there for us, someone who we just love and adore. Your spouse, your parent, your sibling, a friend, whomever. Um, and I want you to thank God or the universe or whoever it is that you um, pray to. And just be thankful for that person in your life. I think a lot of times um, we take these people for granted. Um, I think sometimes we focus too much on what we don't have rather than, uh, you know, practicing an attitude of gratitude and being thankful for the ones that we have around us right now. Um, Obviously, from today's episode, you can see that we're going to talk about loss and grief. And, you know, I'm blessed that I still have both my parents. I have not experienced the loss of a loved one. Um, but life is short and this is the cycle of life. And just because I have not experienced it yet doesn't mean that I won't. Um, plus, I know that there are tons of people who have. And I wanted to dive into loss and grief on this episode. Um because I think it's also part of helping others cope and helping others through the grieving process. And it's important that we do that, that we acknowledge it, that we don't stay silent about it. Um, it. It was just, you know, something that was on my heart and I felt that we needed to discuss on the show. So I was looking for articles on, you know, how to support a friend through the grieving process because me have not since i haven't experienced that i always feel awkward when someone close to me experiences it i don't know what to say i don't know what to do i'm just very awkward but no matter what i don't want that person to feel like i don't care because i do care i care about them and i know that this is something that has affected them deeply um so i found an article Um, five ways to support a griever and I kind of wanted to go through that with you Um, number one remember dates even if you cheat Um, they're saying that there are two dates that we need to remember when a friend or a loved one or someone is going through the grieving process we need to remember um, the person's birth date and then the date when that person passed away and even if you, you know, don't know them at the top of your head, do some research, ask around, put it in your phone, in your calendar, but just make a note to remember those two dates because those are two dates that are significant to the person going through the grieving process. When those two dates come around, that's when their heart is the heaviest. I mean, it's heavy all the time, but you know, those two dates be just because the memories flood in they get this overwhelming sense of grief. And if you reach out, especially on those two dates, the birth date and the death date, then it lets them know that they're not alone. And it lets them know that you care. So remembering those dates. Um, number two, acknowledge the loss and say the person's name. I think sometimes when someone dies we don't want to say that person's name because we don't want to stir up feelings or emotions and we should actually be doing the opposite of that we should be speaking that person's name i don't want to say that we should normalize speaking a um, person's name who's passed away but we need to normalize like that it's okay to talk about it um so you know if you ask about it say the name if you want to relive a memory say the person's name just kind of you know go through it say say the person's name and the person going through the grieving process you know eventually when they hear the name when they think about those memories it'll come 
with a smile um, along with whatever other emotion that they're feeling as they're grieving. Uh, number three, set no expectations and mean it. Um, and that one I was a little confused about. But what they're saying is sometimes when a griever is going through the grieving process, we kind of like step back and we probably don't include them in things as much because we're like, oh no, they're grieving. When the article says that we should be doing the opposite, we should be including them. Just have a no expectations rule. So maybe, you know, you're having a get together at your house invite them anyway but just don't have the expectation that they'll show up if they decide to show up that's amazing you know we want them there but if they choose not to show up that's okay too but we should still invite them we should still include them we should still make that person feel again like we care um next one don't try to fix anything because you can't i mean we can't when a person has passed away we can't bring them back. That's just a fact of life. So there's really nothing that we can say or do to, quote, fix the situation. Um, ask about it. Talk about it. Let the person know that you're there. But just don't, you know, try to go into fixer mode because you're just not going to be able to. Um, and then the last one is a combo of ask, listen, and silence is okay. So it's okay to ask questions, you know, maybe phrase it in a way where it's not so like brute or in your face. Um, definitely listen if the griever wants to talk, um, but you don't have to say anything. Like you can just acknowledge the griever and what they're saying. It's okay to just give them a smile, to give them a hug, to give them, you know, like a hand squeeze, you don't have to say anything if you don't know what to say, but definitely be there for the person going through it. Um, so yeah, I thought those are all great ways to help someone going through the grieving process. Um, and as we talk through today's episode with today's guest, you'll see that, you know, she, she has mentioned some of these things herself. So, um, yeah, um, not, I'm going to keep this intro very short. <laughs> I'm not going to dive any more into more stuff. So I just want to go ahead and get into the interview and uh, let's get into it. All right, everyone, today on the podcast, I have one of my favorite people. Uh, we met through Instagram. She's doing the Fit Mom thing. She also YouTubes. I have Roxy G. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here. So we're not in the kitchen studio today. We're at your house. We're at my house. Oh, my so new good. house. Your new house. <laughs> yes. I drove in from Houston to hang out with you and do this little podcast. So yes. first of all, thank you for welcoming me to San Antonio. You're welcome. And your home. <laughs> and your gym. <laughs> we went and had um, a leg day before I came over here and... That was fun. Those it two hours fun. flew by. It really did. Yeah. It flies by when you're burning your butt. It sure does. <laughs> and it was a, it was a butt burner. Like, and I, it was funny because at one point my bicep was hurting. We weren't even doing upper body. I was like, what the heck? From picking up those weights. From picking up the weights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the deadlifting. But that's never happened before where like my bicep was twitching. It was weird. It was weird. But hey, we got a good workout in. We did. Yeah. And we got, uh, you can't go anywhere with you, man. <laughs> what? Me? Celebrity over here. What happened? <laughs> We're just sitting down. And then Teresa, I mean, hey, can we record you guys while you're, you're, while you're working out or doing your thing? Sure. That's never happened to me before. They didn't know who I was, though. You know, it's just you. You attract that. You know? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think so. It's because we were together. We're both cute. And we're going to get our workout in. We're both, both wearing our buff bunny. Both rocking buff bunny. <laughs> Head to toe, bags, all of it. So I think it was just like both of us walking in, walking in with that confidence. Yeah. And we're like, oh, those girls know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for but, sure. Yeah. But yeah, it was funny because like Roxy said, we were just sitting there. We were stretching. Um, and then, yeah, the employees at the gym approached us and asked if they could record us and feature us on their gym Instagram. So we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That was my first, like, fitness video ever. <laughs> <laughs> the first of many. 
Um, so why don't you tell my people who you are? For those of them who don't know you, who are you? What do you do? What's your passion? Okay. Um, that's, that was a lot of questions. So <laughs> for me, I am Roxy G. I am a mom of three. Um, I started my fitness journey in 2018 and, um, I really didn't know what I was doing when I first started. I, I followed a lot of what Whitney was doing on her YouTube, Heidi, what she was doing on YouTube, just trying to learn about form. It wasn't, it wasn't a thing for me. And, um, when I met my boyfriend, he was really into weightlifting and all of that stuff. And so he was the one that introduced me to proper form and a routine and what macros were and just kind of changed my lifestyle. And I think that that was the biggest thing is it became a lifestyle for me. Um, but I work a nine, eight to five. I was going to say nine <laughs> to five, eight to five job. <laughs> me too. Mine's, mine's like eight to four, but I'm still like, nine to five. Everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've been at that job for 13 years this year. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I think it's going to be 13 years this year. And, um, I guess what I do there, you know what? I don't know what I do there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? COVID has changed everybody's it's job. Changed the, it's, it has changed the, the job a lot. And, um, uh, with my, yeah, a lot has happened, uh, where I work, but I do love what I do. It's a very nerdy job. And what I've, I think I've tried to explain it to you yeah. before, but just imagine like every time you move money, something has to happen in the corporate side of the, of the business. And that's where I'm at. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. What else is about me? And I like, I was like, I don't know how you do it because I don't like numbers. That's why I could never be a math teacher because it was like all those numbers. Ew, no. Yeah. I'll read a story. I'll tell a story. I will like, I love history, but like give me numbers. I was good at math, but I never really like had a passion for it. Yeah. So yeah, the fact that you do this for a living and you work with like numbers and money and all that stuff. Yeah. Numbers and Kudos money, but it's you? also telling a story too. Telling, you know, a financial story. You can tell a financial. <laughs> we can actually figure out who Teresa is just by how you spend. Oh, let's not do that. It's that's crazy. scary. <laughs> that sounds scary. Because that's how you have to think about it as a business, right? Yeah, yeah. So true. I know whenever. So I haven't had like a tax person in, I don't know, like five or six years. I've been doing my own taxes. Um, this past year was a little daunting because it was the first year that I had to report income for like all my other you know, revenues. And so I was like, oh, okay, next year, I'm gonna have to hire a person to help me with this. Because, you know, before I was just just reporting my normal job. And now it's like all this other stuff. And I'm like, this is scary. Now I have to show someone all the money that I'm spending and (laughs) all my debt and all that kind of stuff. They're like, spend more money. (laughs) (laughs) No, as it is, I'm gonna spend more money this year because my son um, gets his license in September. Like he's been on his permit right now. But he'll have his license in, in September, so he'll be driving to school. So he's going to need a car. So I'm going to give him my car, and I'm going to buy myself a car. And just the thought of, like, filling out a loan application and, you know, just going and putting more, like, debt on myself. Yeah. I just It's a little scary because in my head, I've just been trying to, like, pay off my debt, pay off my student loans, pay off my credit cards, pay this off, pay this off. And so, yeah, I'm, really, I'm a little scared. I don't – money scares me. It really does. <laughs> my boyfriend says I spend it like I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> I, I do. I don't look at the yeah. price on anything. I just am very grateful yeah. that I have the opportunity yeah. to not care. But, yeah, I, I, I should be more mindful. Yeah. I really should. Being in the, this side of business, you know, yeah. the things that I see, I really should be more mindful. Yeah. But, well, cool. Yeah. Cool. Random money tangent. <laughs> money, you know, it happens a lot. Um, this is not the first tangent that's happened on this podcast, <laughs> but it's okay. Um, cause we just want everyone who's listening to feel like, you know, they're chit-chatting with the girls. Yeah. So, and you know, sometimes you'll start with one topic of conversation and it'll switch to something completely different. So <laughs> hang in there guys. I promise we'll circle back around to the initial, I guess, topic of today's show. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, let's, let's, let's get into that. Um, I wanted you to be on the show because, I wanted to talk to you about grief. Um, you lost your mom last year. It was last year, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and I can't imagine losing a parent or losing a loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that there are a lot of people who have. Um, and then those of us maybe who haven't yet, it's imminent. It's just, yep. it's life. Yep. 
Um, and I think it's important that we discuss grief mm-hmm. and like the different stages of grief and that, you know, help people not feel so alone when these things happen. So yeah, why don't tell us, tell us about your mom. All right. So, you know, it's crazy. My mom's story is we all have our own story, right? Um, but the day that my mom, um, we got a call that she, something had happened. She was going in for a normal procedure that she had done many times over the years. And, um, the year before, just a couple months before my mom was like, I'm moving to Arizona. I'm letting go of everything. So before she left in October of 2019, she had already given everyone, everything that was physically here in Texas. She gave it away to all of us. I have 11 brothers and sisters. So she was like, Hey, give this to so-and-so. Hey, give this to so-and-so. I'm not keeping anything here. I'm leaving. Yeah. And uh, she was going to go start a new life in Arizona. And um, so this was her first time having this procedure done in Arizona. And it was kind of like a spinal block in the the back of her neck was was the procedure. Mm -hmm. And um, she was texting us that morning. And I told her, I was like, hey, just text me after. Make sure that everything's okay. I went on with my day. Didn't think about it. And got a call later that night that my mom was in, um, didn't recover from the procedure. She wasn't awake. That was kind of the news that we got. And so we were like, what do you mean? Like, what happened? What's going on with her? And um, her best friend is, um, it's not a doctor, but it's right below a doctor. Um, PA? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, okay. And she was the one that was telling us, hey, here's what happened to your mom. And what essentially happened was during her surgery, at some point mm-hmm. in her surgery, um, she stopped getting oxygen. They don't know how long she didn't have oxygen but she had stopped getting oxygen. And um, so with that comes a lot of you, there's a very small window of brain, potential brain damage if you don't have enough oxygen. And um, so that was the major concern was how much time was there and now what's the damage to her brain. And if you know my mom and the people that I grew up with, my mom, everybody knew my mom. She Mm -hmm. was very, the, the best word that I could describe her is hippie. She was like, everybody's family. I love everybody. I have 11 brothers and sisters, and it's a very blended family. We adopted yeah. three of them. She was like everybody's mom. and um, But also very free, just nothing holds me here, kind of like moving to Arizona, right? Yeah. She left and yeah. didn't, didn't want to be like a free bird. So knowing that she was in the hospital and this was happening to her and the potential for her to never come back the same way was the first you know, thing that we had to face was, wow, is mom going to be mom again? Right. Because mm-hmm. we weren't thinking anything. We weren't thinking the worst yet. So when we got that call, it was in April um, 2020, which was the peak of COVID. COVID. Yes. And no one was flying anywhere. And if you flew, you had to wear double masks and you had to wear the gloves and you had to do all that stuff. And I was terrified of COVID like terrified at the mm-hmm. beginning and the weekend before this happened my mom was in town and it was so funny she was in town and she was like um uh, come give me a hug Roxy and I was like no mom like she's a nurse I was like no mom like Mm-mm, back up you've been around COVID people I'm not touching you and she was like girl woman she called me woman woman <laughs> get your butt over here and give me a hug like you never know and I was like okay I get COVID mom I'm gonna be so mad at you <laughs> I was like, going to be so mad at you, mom. And so I give her a hug. And, and I, she, in that conversation, she was like, look, if anything ever happens to me and I'm ever up and tied up in tubes, you got to let me go. You just got to let me go. And I was like, why would you say that, mom? Like, it was just a random yeah. conversation. But when I look back at that time, everything was leading up to something of her letting go of being here. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was like hitting me in the back of my mind, that last conversation I had with her in person was her saying, you got to let me go. So that day I booked a flight and took off to Arizona. Me and my little sister and my older sister and her family ended up going up there. And um, we had to face a lot of decisions. I think the time I was up in Arizona, I was there for seven days and I spent three hours with my mom and the hospital bent their rules to allow us to spend any time with her because of COVID. At that time, yeah, they were yeah. shutting everybody out, like yes. no visitors. Like the only time you were able to go into the rooms at that time was if they the patient had already died. Oh. 
And in my mom's case, she wasn't dead. Right. She, they were still trying to figure out what type of brain activity she was able to have and giving her time to rest and all mm -hmm. of that stuff. And um, so it was just a really hard time being up there. And with 11 brothers and sisters, you got to have, you know, some type of, um, I guess, mutual agreement on what's happening, right? right? And since we were up there and I had siblings still down in Texas, it a lot of the pressure came down on me to communicate to the rest of the siblings and communicate to the doctors what the siblings wanted. So I became that person mm -hmm. um, to just be the liaison between doctor and family. So I really felt like I had to put my emotions to the side while all of that was happening. Mm -hmm. And at that time it was really hard, but I always had a good relationship with the Lord. <laughs> and so that really did help me I would say the most to get through that because yeah. I couldn't lean on the people in my life to help me, right? right? I needed something else that was beyond me to help me through that time. Mm -hmm. And um, it, yeah, so the family had to make a really tough decision um, after multiple, multiple tests and m multiple doctor's opinions. Um, they came back and said, look, based off of your mom's activity and in Lindy's podcast, that's what happened. They said, look, she's has a 90% chance, right? Yeah. And in my mom's case, it was your mom is going to be in this state for the rest of her life. If you leave her like this and you, she can be that way if you guys decide that, but just know that she's never going to wake up again. She's never going to talk again. She's going to be in a vegetative state for the rest of her life. If you want her to, and you'll have to allow her body to her organs and stuff to die. And that can go on for many, many, many years. Mm -hmm. And every, all of us were saying, that's not mom. That's not what yeah. she would want. And us, like, would we even go see her if she was like that? You know, like, that's not my mom. You know, that's not who she is. And so the family had to make a, an agreement, a majority rule mm -hmm. agreement on the final care for my mom. And in that podcast with Lindy, the miracle, that's all I was praying for was the miracle to walk in that room the next day. And she's like, seriously, y'all still, y'all are still here waiting for me. Yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting for her to just wake up and fool us all. And that, in, that did not happen. Um, she passed away peacefully after they, they removed everything, mm -hmm. um, within minutes, like it was very fast. And it was um, when I went in there to see her for the first time after um, I didn't know she had passed away. And when I walked in there, I was walking in there. Mm -hmm. this, that would have been my third time walking into the room. And when I walked in, I was like, hey, mom, you know, just talking to her, like, again, waiting for her to just respond to me. Yeah. And um, her best friend said, I'm sorry, sweetie, but she passed away. And I just remember falling to my knees, crying hyperventilating because it's, you don't, I, I guess I just thought it was, I was going to be able to be there with her when she passed away. Yeah. And knowing that I was physically in Arizona, I was there. I was, I was there with her and all things COVID. Like I was, I was as close as I could be to her right. during that time. And yeah, she, she passed away. What I didn't realize that my mom did, what none of us realized that my mom did, and I didn't even know that you could do this, but my mom had signed up to be a donor, a full, a full donor, mm -hmm. right? She had signed up to be a donor if she was alive to take anything that people needed, and if she had passed to take anything that people had needed, but if her organs and tissues weren't needed physically, she wanted to send them for medical research. It mm -hmm. was a full donation. And if you did something like that, the donation center pays for cremation for the family. Okay. Didn't know that. My mom, like I said, being a mom to everybody, being, you know, just the, the nurse, the caring, the always giving blood, always yeah. giving people her last gift to the world, to this earth was her body. Yeah. And she, I found out it had helped so many people after that. And just knowing that it would not only helped people physically, but 
her, some of her body went for medical research and it's helping our future doctors as right. well. And my mom was very adamant about being a donor and doing stuff like that. But in that moment, it wasn't anything that we, none of us were thinking about. We were just selfishly wanting our mom to be here. But now, again, when I look back, what happened in 2019 and her leaving and going and living off in Arizona and being free, it, serendipity, man. Like mm -hmm. it, It's almost like the thing that just lines up. I Do you know. think she had a feeling going into the procedure that something could happen? I but you said it's a, she'd done it before, she'd right? She'd done it before. I, I don't know. Yeah. My mom, I don't know. I don't know, but it's... It's crazy how much she let go of everything here. Mm -hmm. Whether it was that procedure or something, it's it's as if it's as if she knew something would eventually happen subconsciously, not like knowing. You right. know what I mean? Yes, but like yes. Sometimes you just walk into something and you already have a feeling that something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's been um, it's been a journey, a, a grieving journey for sure. Because. Like I said, when I first, um, when I was first up there, it was like, I put my business Roxy hat on. Mm -hmm. I, I'm there to do business. You know, I'm there to communicate back and forth. I, that's what right. I do for work, Execute, right? Execute, make decisions. Yes. Yeah. And so when I came home, me and my little sister, we road tripped home. I didn't even, I think I cried like maybe once or twice the entire time while I was up there. And coming home maybe one or twice once or twice but it i every time i went to cry i would stop myself you know cuz my mom she never wanted you to be sad or mope around or not be productive like my mom was go 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 we have stuff to do let's go party let's go to the beach <laughs> let's go to the you know like she was you don't just sit there and mope about it and i kept hearing her say that to me like no hope keep it together don't let it go. <laughs> Don't let it go. And um, yeah, so the it took me a while. It, it took me a while to to come out of that and to finally allow myself to feel the feelings, to cry when I wanted to cry. Um, yeah, it's I miss her every day. It doesn't get a, it doesn't get easier. Yeah. No, I can't imagine that it yeah. would. Yeah. And so. At what point did you feel like it was okay to just cry and let it out? Or has that not happened yet? It's, it's happened. Okay. And I did let it happen. Um, I can't tell you when, though, because I don't remember. But it was before I started therapy. I I realized that, you know, you're, there's a book, Your Body Keeps a Score. And my sister started reading it. And um, I, as I was listening to it, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, everything I did while I was up in Arizona, I caused myself more problems than I, I should have. I should have allowed myself to cry. I should have not pushed those feelings off. I should have had my moments and mm -hmm. I didn't and I internalized it and I ended up taking it out on other people. Mm -hmm. And I go happy all the time, but in those moments where I was alone and I was left with my feelings, those mm -hmm. things would come up, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I did cry. I let myself cry. I would turn the my boyfriend makes makes fun of me like now, but <laughs> I would have the music loud and I'd be in the shower just crying, like just having a little cry party and then get out of the shower and I'm ready to watch my TV show. <laughs> like, I was just having those small moments and allowing myself to, to be that way, you know, was there. Um, having a good support system is, is important. And I think um, after I'd gone to therapy, that was what I could have done better during the grieving process was tell people what I needed from them. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't know that, but like the whole crying thing, letting myself cry. If people asked me questions, I would cry. And I wanted people to ask me questions. So I had a reason to cry. Does that make sense? Yes, because you wanted to just let I it out. I wanted to let it out, but I, I wouldn't just cry on my own. Like right. you need to probe me to cry. Yeah. And every time my best friend, she was calling me every day, channeling, and um, she would ask me, question and boom I'd start crying and she's like it's okay it's okay you know like that's you know checking up on you making sure you're okay but that's what I didn't know I needed and going back I wish I would have just said ask me how I'm doing tell me you're there for me you know ask me what memory came up today with my mom like to help me help me grieve because I 
I was, I wasn't doing it right for myself. There's, I mean, there's really is no right way, but going back, I wish I could have done it better. And it's still every day I have an opportunity to do it better because as time passes, your time passes, but the pain is exactly as it felt the very first day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's, how can I say? Like right now, when I'm thinking about her, I'm able to talk about her and not cry. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing, right? I'm, I'm time. I hate it. Does, it's not I healing it, not but it makes it, makes it yeah. maybe more. Um, I know, I know, I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah, like I, you can tolerate it a little bit better. Like yes. if it's still there, it still hurts. Yes. But you're able to express your feelings without, you know, falling to the ground. Yeah. It's like a scar, right? Like yeah. you can, it's healed on the outside. Time will, time will heal your scar. Time will lighten your scar, but your yeah. scar is always going to be there. And sometimes, you know, I have scars where it's numb, right? Like you don't right. feel it, but you can feel it, but it's numb, the feeling, right? Yeah. So that's how I am. I visualize this pain is always going to be there. There's always going to be a hole in my heart. I'm always going to have a memory that's going to come up and think of her. Like this morning I had a coffee stain on my coffee table and I, I told my boyfriend, I was like, you know, this, did you know that coffee can stain paper? And I told him, I was like, there's this project I did with my mom. <laughs> and my mom was like, she would not let us go to school with a bad project. Like she would stay up <laughs> late at night to help me stain paper to make it look like it was uh, John Hancock's right. <laughs> signature. Yeah, right? like, old timey looking. Old timey, she'd yeah. burn the edges. And that was the memory I had just with the coffee, you know? Yeah. And as soon as that happened, I said it out loud and internally I, I thanked her. You know, to me, it's like, it's still building a relationship with her because even though she's physically not here, she's always going to be in my head. She's always going to be with me, whether you see it as a spiritual or not, it's always there, right? Yeah. And so I, thanks mom, you know, yeah. thanks for checking on me <laughs> kind of kind of thing. Yeah, and then like, so when you told me you were listening to the Lindy podcast mm -hmm. and you were talking, you were listening to that part where it reminded you of your mom. Yeah. And then what happened on your phone? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm listening to this podcast and I'm crying and then I, my phone is like, I always have my phone face down and my phone is face down and I, I got a notification. So I go to look at it and it's a picture of my mom and I, and it's from Google memories and it's, the memory says, what did it say? Hug it out. Yeah. Yeah. It said, hug it out. And it's a picture of me and my mom and I'm crying in the middle of this Lindy podcast. And I'm just like, mom, yeah, <laughs> this is not the moment, mom. <laughs> right. And then when you texted me and told me about it, I was like, girl, that is your mom right there. That is your mom. Like saying, I see you. I'm right here for you. Yes. That's mom. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not a very like religious person. I've mentioned yeah. this before, yeah. but man, like things like that I those are real like you can't convince me that those things are not true yeah there is a higher power out there there are people watching over us we have guardian angels like yes. I believe in all of that I believe so that. when you told me that I was like that's your mom yes. <laughs> yes yeah and I like I never obviously I met you like after that yeah. after your mom passed but just from the stories that you have shared with me about your mom she just sounds like she was amazing she really was beautiful person and when you describe her, I see a lot of those same things in you. What's crazy, Teresa? Roxy 2018. Roxy 2017. Yeah. 10 years ago? No. When my mom passed away, it was like, Mom, I will be more like you. I will say yes more. I will... Um, go wherever. Like, my, if you said, Mom, can we go to the beach? Yes, let's go. Car's ready. You know, she was yeah. a yes woman. She was making memories was more important to her than anything else. And that is what I've really embraced. Living life as full as I can right now has been the biggest change in my life. Like putting my life more on Instagram, mm -hmm. that's my mom. Like just anytime that I had posted anything before, she would send me like fire emojis, empowering <laughs> emojis. <laughs> Like, go, girl, go. Like, keep going, keep yeah. going. Don't stop. That was my mom. Like, she was really pushing me. I'm a very, um, 
I don't know. I, I can make friends really quickly. And, you know, Instagram is like you. Like, I just reached out to you. I was like, hey, let's go hang out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm more like that. But, like, sharing my life and sharing my story and going on adventures and taking my kids on experiences, that's my mom, you know. And and I – it sounds bad, but – had she not passed away, I don't know if I really fully would have embraced all of that, you know, yeah. even saying yes to moving here, like, let it go, rocks, you know, yeah. like, you're going to be fine. This is, you know, that's just, just, just another gift that yeah. your mom gave you. Yeah. Just letting, letting me live the best life I can. No regrets. Yeah. Nothing it, that that's my mom. Yeah. Even the failure. She was like, oh, learn something out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, yeah. Um, so I'm. I've really channeled her more now than I think before. I have. I, I didn't appreciate all of the stuff that she had done, like the living and the going to the beach and all that stuff. None of those memories really came up until that week that we had to make that decision. At some point in time, all of our siblings had these rough patches in our lives, and my mom was the one that was there for all of us in those mm-hmm. times. Um, there was one time I was, you know, ha- separating from my ex-husband. She, boom, she was there. Went on a road trip, you know, just, she was just like, oh, what do you need? You know, same thing with my other sisters. Like, she just was helping us. She was you mom. Know? Yeah, she's helping us. Like, oh, okay, get over it. You know, come yeah. on, let's go. Let's go live our life. You know, she was that person. She wouldn't just sit there. Yeah. So. I definitely have channeled her more now than ever before. And I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. I really am. That's why I always say be grateful for everything you have, you know, just because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I wish I would have been more grateful for her while she was here. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way, you know, that yeah. you wish you had cherished the people when yeah. you still had them present. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned before that you know, there's no right way to grieve. Yeah. Um, but... You did also mention how like you bottled things up mm-hmm. and I've heard that from other people too, that they say wishing that they hadn't bottled things up, that they would have allowed themselves to cry, that they would have let people in mm-hmm. to ask them how they feel. So, um, do you, do you, I guess, do you feel like maybe that's something that other people should know? Like it's okay to just let it out and cry. It's not coming out. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's both, right? You know, if you sometimes in those moments, you it's crazy the grieving process. You, somehow I, there's a point in the grieving process where you start victimizing. And that I think is what I was doing was I wasn't letting other people do that because then I became the victim, right? I didn't want to just be crying all the time because poor me, I'm crying. Come comfort me. I didn't want that in my head. So I was, yeah. I'm victimizing myself, right? But Yes, I really wish one. I would have started therapy a lot sooner. <laughs> did you start therapy because of all of that? Like after after you lost your mom? Yeah, okay. I did. I did. Um, I did start therapy after my mom. Uh, the company I work for they offer um, free services for their employees for mm-hmm. different types of situations, mm-hmm. and um, mine was more emotional support initially. Just help me manage my emotions because I don't think I'm doing a good job. I know I could probably be better at it. And um, that was the first moment for me to just ask for actual help, Mm -hmm. right? Like could have talked to my boyfriend about it, my best friend, and they were there for me physically, but letting, letting myself go through those emotions, the roller coaster of finally saying, yes, I'm at a stopping point where I need some help and would rather get professional help different tools that I could use that will help me with this process, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's, it's a long process that never goes away. It's, it's more like a journey, not a process. Right. And, um, yeah, I do wish that I would have just let it go at the beginning. Now that I'm in my point now, (laughs) in the point now, yes, I wish I would have let it go. But at the same time, it wasn't that bad for me. Yeah. You know, in the moments, it wasn't that bad. But when I look back on it, I was like, Roxy, you could have used some help. Yeah. You know, if I would have talked to Roxy a couple months ago, just go ask for help, Roxy. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, it's a learning process. It is a learning process. So, you know, you came out of it 
with some new knowledge and mm-hmm. some new skills or new coping skills yeah. that you can now, you know, share with others. Yeah. If, you know, God forbid someone goes through a similar situation or, you know, anyone who's listening going through that situation yeah. um, so that they don't feel so alone and feel supported that know that it's, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I, I learned in therapy was, I think I had mentioned it earlier, me telling other people what I need from them in mm-hmm. that moment, just speaking it, not being afraid. Don't feel like you're being a victim. Tell them what you need from them. If it's food you need, tell them you need food because I'm too lazy to cook and I'm too emotional to cook and I don't want to think about a recipe right now. Bring me something to eat, right? Yeah. Um, or if it's, hey, ask me again, like I said earlier, what memory did you have of your mom today? Something, right? Because you don't realize how much you think about people until they're gone. Um, I wish I would have done that. Now that I know that, it's mm-hmm. always going to be, if something, if something, God forbid, happened to other people, what do you need from me is going to be my response now because I didn't realize that's what I needed yeah. at that time. Yeah, the good one. And you said, you know, yeah, you could have talked to Chandler. You could have talked to your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yes, those are you – know, it's good to have that support system of people mm-hmm. who are close to you nearby to listen. Mm-hmm. But seeking out professional help is different because they do give you those coping skills. They give you those resources that, you know, as well-intentioned as your loved ones are, they can't necessarily give you those tools. Yeah. Unless, you know, they are like a licensed therapist or something. Or they've gone to therapy. Right. Or they've gone to therapy themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's why I always, you know, tell people don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, it's one of the biggest things that I want to do is destigmatize therapy and asking for professional help because it should be a normal thing yeah nobody nobody is perfect nobody knows how to like manage their emotions perfectly nobody knows the correct way to respond to every situation there is not one no and it's okay to have someone there to kind of like help you they're not going to tell you what the right decision is or what the right you know thing is but they can kind of help you figure out what is going to be best for you and just kind of like where you stand and your beliefs and all of that Mm -hmm. I think what I um what I enjoyed most about therapy was it's a non-biased opinion yes my family they're going to comfort me because I'm in pain my friends are going to comfort me because I'm in pain Roxy you're right you know like it's Mm -hmm. okay to feel it you know like they're going to validate my feelings. And when going to therapy, it's, it's a non-biased opinion. They're just hearing for the first time Mm -hmm. these situations. Right. And they're helping me understand to, you know, what I'm feeling and then how to allow myself to feel certain ways. Right. Or what to do with those feelings when I have them. Um, it's, it's been really good. I have a sister who's done therapy multiple times and, um, I always go to her. Like I naturally gravitated towards her at the beginning. And I remember thinking at one point, like, man, she's probably got so much going on. And here I am with my bag, like packing it on. Like, Hey, I need some help. You know, like it's hard for people to take on, you know, how do I say? We don't realize what other people are going through. Right. So when you go and you start confessing whatever it is that you have going on with your issues sometimes people take it on and they start worrying about you and that's the last thing you want right is someone to do that having a therapist it's they're not doing that they're just literally helping you listen and understand what those emotions and experiences are to help you through them Mm -hmm. and I think that that's great so it not only adds value for me in my life but it's not a burden and I know my family and no one would ever say that I'm being a burden but it's one less thing that they don't have to worry about, right? Or that you have to worry about, that that you're burdening someone. But I totally get that because a therapist or a counselor's job, that is their job and they're like a subjective third party. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. I felt the same way when I went through therapy and um, like I'm not currently going right now, but I know that eventually I want to go back. Like I don't want to wait for like a, a, a moment. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> something happened to me and now I have to go to therapy. You know, like I want it to just kind of be like a regular thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every day is a, it's a, it's a fun experience, but I am learning. Uh, one, one of the last things that my therapist had said was even though she's physically not here, you still can build a relationship with her and you still can maintain your relationship with her forever. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So like in these moments where I'm like, mom, you know, why are you doing that to me? That's the same <laughs> way that I would talk to her as she was physically here. Yeah. And um, it's been, it helps me a lot more to, um, to talk that way and be that way. Um, there was a podcast that I had started listening to. Um, it says, the, or the title of it is Terrible Thanks for Asking. Because, <laughs> you know, someone's like, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. And someone who's gone through a lot of grief internally terrible you know thanks, yeah, for, asking, thanks for asking but no one's ever gonna say that yeah <laughs> and um so her podcast is actually interesting because it's different people's stories dealing with and coping with grief and um I started listening to that almost immediately after my mom had passed away just to hear other people's stories because like you said everyone at some point is going to go through it or has gone through it and we all cope differently. There's no right way. And she's very normalizing it on her mm -hmm. podcast. And I think that it's super cool. She has a lot of humor too, and she's very witty. And so it's, <laughs> it helps like not be so um, heavy. heavy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's, it's cool to be that way, especially for me and my, me and how I am. <laughs> yeah. I'm your not, personality. Yeah. Your, yeah. <laughs> I'd rather laugh than cry. <laughs> but it's okay to cry. It is okay to cry. Yeah. It's funny because you told me, you're like, I'm afraid I'm going to cry. And I was like, okay, cry then. <laughs> Let it out. No, you know, the ugly cry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a horrible ugly crier. Oh, I'm, I'm bad. I was laughing because we, I wasn't laughing. But like when you mentioned that you were having your crying sessions in the shower, I have totally done that yeah and one time okay so one time I didn't do it on the shower I did it on the treadmill like I went into my office and I turned the music all the way up and I got on my treadmill and I was just sprinting and crying oh god and I didn't realize my son could hear me <laughs> and I felt dumb because he came he just like creaked open there he's like mom mom <laughs> I'm like I'm fine baby I promise I'm good I'm good <laughs> But then after that, after I have to like talk to him, like, I promise I'm good. I was like, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just, you get so overwhelmed and so worked up and yes. you just got to let it out. Yes. And for me, I guess in that moment, like that, that was it. I just like wanted to run and let it out. Yeah. I and think there was on one of those Instagram posts I had done, um, I've, I've, I've done, not that I've done better, but I had made several posts about my mom, right? Mm -hmm. And one of them was, I was in the middle of a workout, having a really good workout, and the song comes on, and it was my mom, and she sat there, and I started crying. And I let myself cry, but it's like that. Yeah. Thank, I said, thank goodness, it, was in the, it wasn't in the gym, but my <laughs> sister, shortly after that, texted me. She's like, I did that at the gym. <laughs> it yeah, at least you were in your garage. Yeah, <laughs> I was in my garage. <laughs> Yelling and singing. My neighbors are like, thank God she's moving. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah you uh so your mom's passing one year anniversary happened recently it did yeah and so you went to arizona to I honor did. her I tell did. us about that you know um went to arizona i my mom loved road trips and um when she had passed away and i had gone to arizona for the first time I've, it's always been like a pass-through state for me. You know, I, I went up there. I would go through Arizona to go to California or to go to Utah or Colorado. Never stopped and settled in Arizona. And so when I had gone and flew up there during the, um, the hospital visit for her, that was the first time I actually got to experience some of Arizona. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to come back. And um, I was hoping that I would be ready after the one year to release her ashes there. But I'm I'm still not ready. I'm holding on to her physically, the only momentum I still have of her physically. Yeah. Um, but that was the idea was to go up there and honor my mom. But my best friend, she had when we had gone up before, she fell in love with it. And she was like, I really want to use this opportunity to see if we can find an apartment up there for me so I can stay up there. <sighs> so she's leaving me. She ended up finding an Chanley, apartment. how dare you? <laughs> she ended up finding a really nice apartment up there. But yeah, the, the journey on that one was go celebrate my mom, go on hikes, go enjoy all things that Arizona has to offer, which is a lot. <laughs> so much. I, I think every time I go back, I always do something different. There's so much to do there um, and find Chanley an apartment. So she's doing the same thing. She's going to go up there, live up there for hopefully only a year. I'm crossing my fingers and being selfish about it, but I wouldn't be surprised. Don't if. you dare move to Arizona and leave me. <laughs> I 
You're only a three-hour drive for me right now. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't come back, man. <laughs> crazy. But yeah, it was, it wasn't, the intentions was to celebrate my mom and we did, um, but I did not take her ashes. I, I, yeah. I kept her home with me. And that's 1000% okay? Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to release them. She's in a real, she's really, her urn is really pretty and I love it so much. Yeah. It's hand-blown glass. Um, and my mom was really into the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Um, she always had a necklace of tree of life, was really into like the chakra and balancing and, you know, all that stuff. Um, wearing your, your stones and crystals. Like I said, hippie, right? Yeah. <laughs> I say hippie, but it's just my mom and I don't mean to offend anybody, but she got all of us into crystals and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I had a urn made, handmade glass, um, and it stained the tree of life and it has a moon on there and the moon, um, moon turns into a sun during the day and at night it turns into a moon. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, that I, is so I cool. love her. I didn't realize they made cool ones like that. You like know, I'm thinking, because every time I see a movie, it's just like the silver one yeah. that's like plain and Yeah, that gets filled and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, my kids know that she's up there. So when yeah. I'm randomly like, mom, you know, yeah. they all know what I'm talking Do about. Do they talk to her? Uh, you know, Olivia, my poor daughter, She <laughs> every time she's been there for me, like when I, I cry, she's like, it's okay. She's right here. You know, oh, like yeah. telling me mom, my mom's right there. And I was like, I know, I know. Yeah. But yeah, them going through the grieving process with me has been kind of interesting because they they don't see it as grandma. They picture you, mom, like you passing away. And I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. But hopefully that they're, they're learning from me. And how did you tell them? How did you, I don't think I've ever asked you that. Uh, well, the only one that would actually understand what I'm saying is my 13 year old. Um, I had called him. I, I actually need to explain a little bit more. Sorry. So the week that it happened, I had my my kids. My ex and I, we do a week on, week off. Mm-hmm. And I had my kids that week. I think it was a Monday or a Tuesday. I can't remember um, off the top of my head. So I had just gotten them and they were with me. And mm-hmm. I had to call him and say, actually, yeah, I had to call him and say, look, I need to go to Arizona. My mom had an accident and I'm, I'm going to physically be there. I don't know how long I'm going to be there, but I'm just letting you know I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So my son knew I was going to Arizona, didn't know why, but knew it had to do with my mom. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was calling me every day like, hey, mom, are you okay? Are you okay? What's going on? And um, when it finally happened, we were FaceTiming and I told him, I said, Momo passed away today. She liked to be called Momo. Momo passed away today. And he was like, are you okay? That's how I know I'm raising him right. He asked if I was okay first. Yeah. <laughs> he asked if I was okay. And as soon as he said that, I started crying. I'm like, yes, I'm okay. Thank you for asking. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Just, yeah. You know? Yeah. But um, again, I really wish there was more opportunities and times while she was here where we could all physically be together, right? Because growing up, I lived in San Antonio and she lived in Floresville. So my kids only saw her on occasion and we would talk, you know, on the phone or text and stuff. But my kids physically being with her all the time, they didn't, they didn't have a really close grandma relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I I wish they could have done. Um, But my son, he did grieve her because he remembers her the most than the the two little ones. But he, uh, he was more of, making sure I was okay mm-hmm. and wanting to talk to me about how I'm feeling and making sure that I was okay. Um, but yeah, it's hard for kids to not picture themselves in that situation. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, it was, it was interesting telling them him. And then when I came back and got the kids, Olivia was like, mommy, why were we gone for so long? And I had to explain it to her. Like my mom, my mommy passed away, Olivia. And she was like, Momo. <laughs> Momo's gone. It's like, yeah, but three year old like can't yeah. really register what's happening, right? And yeah. so to this day, she she always says, "Mommy's in heaven. Your mommy's in heaven. Don't worry, mommy. Your mommy's in heaven." You know, or yeah. she, she says little stuff like that. And my middle child, Ian, doesn't doesn't face him. <laughs> There's doesn't nothing register. going on there. <laughs> He's more interested in Legos or what we're doing next <laughs> than yeah. than anything else. Um, but 
yeah, she's more definitely the the caretaker, making sure that I'm okay. But she's seen a lot more crying episodes, so. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess she's probably with you more. She was with yeah. me more when the boys were in school. She was with me, so she had she got to see a lot of the yeah the the crying moments. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I will help her as she gets older. Be like, oh, my mom cried, so it's okay if yeah, I cry. No, she's very. How can I say it? Um, in those moments when I would cry, she would come to me. She's like, just lay on me and cry. Like, just lay right here. So sweet. And she'll pet my head and she yeah. would, and you know, I'm like, Olivia, you're not supposed to be comforting me. <laughs> I'm supposed to be comforting you. Yeah. But she turns into like instant, I want to be here and help you yeah. kind of person. So yeah, it is just naturally who she is, but definitely she had to kick it up a little bit yeah. during that time. But that's just your nurturing skills being reflected back on you. Oh, yeah. This just, a, just shows how good of a mom and example you've set that she knows that she needs oh, to, like, so turn it around on you. <laughs> no, I always say that. Like, I think that kids pick up on a lot of stuff that parents do. I think kids are more um, observant than we think they are. Yeah, they are. They might not listen to what you say, but they Definitely listen it. to what you do and yes. how you do it and, you know, or what you're not doing. I, yeah. I always say that. And that's why I always say, like, I'm, I want to lead my child by example, which yeah. that's why I said, yeah, she, she's being nurturing because that's the kind of mom that you've been for her. So yeah. in her mind, oh, well, now it's my turn to nurture my mom. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I should accept that. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it's a testament of your 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 you know like your motherhood skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story with You're us. You're welcome. Yeah, I hope that this I don't know it helps somebody. Yeah, yeah. My mom's birthday is coming up, and <gasps> um, yeah, in a couple of days. And um, one of the other things that the therapist said was she was like. Even though your mom's not physically here, you can tell her happy birthday. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, write her a letter. Write her a letter for the things that you would physically say to her as she was here. Or, you know, say it out loud to her. But it is your way of giving her a gift. Mm -hmm. Again, build a relationship with her now. Even though she's physically not here, you still maintain it. And um, I think that that's pretty cool. So I've been writing something a little bit and just gonna have it ready for her on her birthday yeah. and um that's how I have to think about it so in those moments those big moments the anniversaries the mother's days the my birthdays all of those things it's having something ready to help me through that day but also still maintain my relationship with her mm-hmm. um it's that was a big pivotal shift for me just building that and yeah. um yeah I love have a that birthday letter for yeah, her. Yeah, no, I love that. <laughs> it doesn't need to be anything physical, but it's still yeah. a gift. But but like you said, even for like not just her birthday, but like Mother's Day, yeah. or Christmases, like those moments yeah. where you know it's about your mom and family, and mm-hmm. to not have her physically there, then you can still have that emotional connection mm-hmm. with her. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. It's like the movie Coco. You know, yeah. where they have the, what is it called? The, the ofrenda? Yes. yes. That is that is one Mexican tradition that I love, the ofrendas. Yeah. And like, you know, putting the pictures up. And we definitely do it every year. We do it at my mom's house. Mm. And so we always put, um, like, I, my godfather was my mom's brother. Mm-hmm. And my mom and my brother were super close. And he passed away from cancer. Um, I must have been maybe like... 12, 13. So I was old enough that I remember it. Yeah. And I remember my mom going through that grieving process. And it was just, it was really hard because, you know, you're not supposed to have favorite siblings, but, but you know, that was her favorite sibling. And I knew it. I mean, he was my godfather. (laughs) You know, like, yeah, they were so close. And he was my godfather. And he lived in Mexico. So, Anytime we went to Mexico to visit my grandma, we always also had to stay with my godfather, my yeah. uncle, because my, my parent, my, him and my mom were so close. And so I, I watched her go through that grieving process where, you know, she would pick up the pieces and she'd be okay. And then the next day she'd be crying. Or sometimes, you know, we'll be at a party yep. and the mariachi's playing. A spe- There's a very specific mariachi song that um, they play it she will start crying yeah and so it's but now I know that it's not like a 
like a, it's not sad. Yes, it's more of a like a, I I I'm it's here a with memory, you, yeah. a memory. I love you. I, I feel you type of thing. Again, that relationship. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's still gonna be there. Yeah. And so, but yeah, so we put his his picture on the ofrenda along with some other family members, my great grandmother too. Um, I love it. Yeah, but you know, it's different for me because I I wasn't close mm -hmm. to these family members. Yeah, but my mom was. You know. Yeah. So it's I got to see it from the outside looking in type of thing. We've never done an ofrenda, um, but when I think about my family, is so funny <laughs> <laughs> because. You know, I would I would imagine that we we should have been doing an ofrenda a long time ago, but we didn't. I'm definitely a Mexican, but we don't do Mexican <laughs> traditions, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, for me, I even though I don't have a physical ofrenda, every time I speak, it's that memory. Yeah. So like Coco, just having a picture or something. Yeah. There's I ha we have tons of pictures of my mom, so I'm not worried about her not passing over. <laughs> so there's pictures everywhere. There's pictures everywhere, and I'm speaking about her all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, she'll never be forgotten. She, she lives in you. Yes. Mind, body, and soul, girl. She's there. Yes. Yeah. Even, I think with, I've lost a lot of family members that have been close to me, and I've been very close to, but it's those small little things I've taken, now that I've learned it with my mom, because I never learned it properly with the relatives that I passed before, it's so much easier for me to still deal with them. I think every time I thought about another family member, I would cry, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize I didn't grieve them, you know, the way that I'm grieving my mom now. And, um, it's, I don't know, it's so much better. I'm, I, I, I feel lighter every day just being able to know that I still can maintain this relationship yeah. with her. Yeah. So That's yeah, good. maybe I should start an ofrenda. You should do it. There's nothing saying you can't. Where can I put it in the house? <laughs> Girl, we will we will go out there after we're done recording. I will help you find a spot. I need to learn more about it. You have months. You have months to go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't have to go up until October, so you're good. Okay. That's so cool. I'll let you know. I'll post it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any other uh, final thoughts before we sign off? No. No, I don't. Thank you for having me. Of course, I'm so happy. I'm, I'm, I'm excited that we became friends. Like, like, like Roxy said, she just messaged me on Instagram one day. She was like, "Hey, I'm in Houston. Want to go to dinner?" And like, we, I mean, we follow each other on Instagram, but we didn't really like know each other. For yeah. all I knew, you could have been some, you know, crazy person. But I don't know. I just when I saw your message, I was like, you know what? Yes. Like, she sounds like a cool person. The yeah. fact that she like sounds so cool. <laughs> No, but I don't know. I think it's the way like that you carried yourself, your aura. I'm a big, I'm big on auras too. I want to have a, an aura oh, reader. Color? Oh, okay. I don't, I, I can't read aura colors, oh, okay. but I want to have an aura reader on the podcast. Just kind of like, oh, we got to find we one. We got to find one. But yeah, no, I just like your aura. I don't know what color it is, but it just kind of spoke to me. And I was like, I think that she, like her and I would bond well. Yeah. Like we would, we would, we would click. Yeah. Um, cause you know, I don't, I wouldn't say like, yeah, to just anybody. And yeah. so I'm glad that I said yes to you. And then we got dinner and we, we met did. and now we're friends. And we did. Yeah. I've met all my best friends. <laughs> I, I go up to all of them. I'm like, um, one of them, one of them in particular, we were on a project together and I walked up to her and I said, um, we're going to be best friends. And she looked at me and she was like, oh, no, you're not. Like in her head, she was like, we are not best friends. She's the type of friend that's like no new friends kind of person. <laughs> And um, yeah, we became best friends. Okay, so we're just gonna here learn making new friends tips from Roxy. Yeah, it's gonna be a whole new episode. <laughs> I'm great at picking up new. Yeah, friends. no, I'm not. So that's why I was like, oh, she's making an effort, so I'm gonna jump at this because I'm I'm not. And I think making friends as an adult is completely different. I'm um, obviously been making you know friends as a kid. When you're a kid, you just. You're just, you know, in the Maybe playground and you I become besties. Am. Maybe you, you are. You're I am. Just, you're just I'm a still that kid way. at heart. And yeah. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But like yeah. Today at the gym, I was like, hey, you have a nice butt. <laughs> oh my God, you did. You totally did. We were watching this girl. We were waiting for this girl to finish squatting so we could take her squat rack. And as soon as she's done, Roxy's like, hey, you have a cute butt. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you made her day. Answered foot and mouth many times. <laughs> 
I mean, as long as you didn't touch her butt. No, I did not touch it. <laughs> I just stared at it. Yeah, no. And I'm sure she was like, oh my God, you know? Well, she did. She's like, thank you. But like, I'm sure that like, yeah. you know, made her feel like special and happy. Yeah. And see. So yeah, I love that about you. Love that. Round two podcast. Yeah. Round two podcast, how to make friends. <laughs> Take notes. Let us know if you want to go into the comments and let us know if you want that podcast. <laughs> if I get at least 10 comments saying yes, I will do it. <laughs> Done. Roxy's like, Roxy I'm gonna go in there. <laughs> I will be creating accounts. And- <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank um, you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, of course. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Just kidding, you guys. That's actually not the end of today's show. Um, so after Roxy and I finished recording, um, a few days later, actually, she reached out and she said that. There was something on her heart that she wished she had said while we were recording. So she recorded it on her own and she sent me the audio clip. And so I'm going to go ahead and add that here at the end of the episode. Um, Just some final thoughts that she wanted to share that she thought might be helpful. Um, And then that will be for real the end of the episode. But thank you, Roxy, for your vulnerability, for your kindness, for just the sweet person that you are and I I am a better person for knowing you and being friends with you so I know that there are going to be other people who are listening today today today's show who are going to take something from this and uh, I hope we lighten some hearts and put some smiles on people's faces one thing that I really want to make sure that anyone can take away from this podcast or just hearing my story is you are not alone. You are not alone. And it's an unfortunate reality that sometimes we have to live through. But know that you will be okay. Know that you are loved. Know that no matter what, find help, whether it's a family member, a close friend, or even professional help get you out of the rut because it's okay to be in one. Just don't stay there. Okay. Life does move on and they will always be a part of you. If you've lost a loved one, even a pet, anything, they will always be a part of you. You've learned something from them, if not a lot of things from them that you will continue to carry on onward. So they will constantly be living onward through you. So just remember that. That's all I wanted to say. Love you guys.